Well, good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you today. Let's get started. <clears throat> Pastor Rex, do you want to you want to say anything about this iron sharpens iron thing? Any details that? All right, iron sharpens iron. Coming to our church, April 25th. By the way, in the insert in the bulletin, I found out that I am in the group of men called full throttle men. Full throttle men. I don't feel like that at 6:30 in the morning, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm running in. I'm coming up pretty close to the seasoned men category, so I'm excited about that. <clears throat> Just want to remind you again, if if um, some have been doing this, but if you would, if you would send me by email or something like that, your your comments or or something the Lord's saying to you through this, it'd be uh, encouragement to to me and perhaps to other people. I promise you, I won't embarrass you. But um, if you have anything that you want to share, uh, let me know, and it'd be it, I'm, I'm collecting. Uh, what God is doing in, in your life and mine through this study. So just let me know what you, what you think. <clears throat> Last week, uh, my secretary, Vicki, told me, she was going through the, the sheet, uh, the attendance sheet, and she, she said, now we have 116 men that have come here at least once on Tuesday morning. So 116 men. Now, last Sunday morning, I was at the South Campus on a, um, for their first anniversary service. And it was really neat to be there, and they're so grateful for all that this campus has done to help them. But it was just fun to be there and watch them celebrate one year of what God is doing in them and through them. But during the service, Pastor Javier quoted John Wesley. And it was a quote that I'd heard before, but I'd forgotten about it. So when I got home, I looked it up, and this is what it says. John Wesley said this, Give me 100 men who love God with all their hearts, and who fear no one but God, and who hate nothing but sin, and I will change the world. 116 men are on the list. I I just don't want... I don't want you to miss how significant what's happening here these days is. I don't want you to miss that. And what the potential is, it's all wrapped up in just us coming together and as men trying to follow God to to ask Him to teach us to pray. The 100 strong, that's us. 100 strong. You and me, all of us together, as we learn to love God with all of our hearts, as we find out what it means to fear God, no one but Him, and then also to love God uh, in a way that impacts our whole families, our churches, our communities. Um, if, if we do that, if the Lord helps us to get there, it will change our families, it will change our church, it will change our community, and who knows, it may even change our world. Just think of what God can do through just a few men. He changed his world. He changed, Christ changed his earthly world with 11 guys and a couple of women along the way. What can he do with us? I'm all in. How about you? Let's pray together. Lord, we are here this morning to share together 
to listen to you, to encourage each other. We are here together, Father, to love you. And Lord, we want you to take us places that we haven't been before spiritually. We want you, Lord, to break us out of our comfort zones. We want you to put our feet on the solid rock to stay. We ask, Lord, that this morning you will help all of us take a few more steps toward who you want us to be as men of faith and men of prayer. So, Lord, again, we ask you from the bottom of our hearts to teach us to pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we talked about letting the emotions of life prompt us to pray. Interesting chapter. The emotions of life that, would, that, that we would allow the Holy Spirit to use to prompt us to pray. Um, that, that prayer would become such an important part of our lives. You remember this from last week, that prayer would become such an important part of our lives that it would be our first reaction rather than our last response. Our first reaction, that that prayer so permeates my life, and it's so much of who I am, that it is my first reaction to life, to the situations of life. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not quite there yet. But I want to get there, don't you? That, That prayer is so much there. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's in the front of my mind. It's always right there. It's my first reaction. Five promptings last week we talked about that when these things, these emotions, these situations come into our lives, the first thing we do is we pray. Pray when we are anxious. Pray when we are joyful. Pray when we are tempted. Pray when we are concerned. Pray when we are angry. Promptings to pray. When prayer is a more active part of our lives, God's presence is more real than ever before. Learn to pray without ceasing. That's my prayer. Lord, help me to pray without ceasing. So I want to know quickly, did did anyone this past week pray after the prompting of the Spirit in one of these areas? Anyone? Yeah, Bruce. Brett, your son, who's in the service, yes. Amen. So you prayed with your son over the phone. And did you get this? You prayed with your wife after you hung up the phone. That's a novel idea. That's good. Ed. Okay. All right. Joyful prayer. Anyone else prompted to pray? Yes, Lonnie. <laughs> oh man. 
you maybe you heard the one about uh, the lady that was following this guy, and this guy was going the speed limit. The lady was on on his bumper, and the, he was coming up to a to a, a light, and it turned yellow, and he stopped. And she slams on the brake, and she is screaming, and her, she's like got the makeup and the cell phone, and she's pointing her finger the the wrong one, <laughs> and, and, and all of that. And pretty soon this tap on her window. And the police officer was out there and said, um, uh, come on, get out of your car, ma'am. And he arrested her, took her down to the station and started to book her. And, and she said, what, what, why are you arresting me? He, he said, well, I've got to check out and see who owns the car. She said, well, I own the car. He says, well, no, you see, because when I was behind you, it said, welcome, or, or my church can be your home. I love Sunday school. There was this, there was this, this fish on the back and all that. Says so. You weren't acting like the person that owned this car. So, I guess I don't know, Lonnie. What whatever that applies to. But um, anyone else prompted? Yes. Amen. Amen. It is a big thing. These are big steps. And you know, sometimes when we, when we get into a situation where, where we're thinking about what we've, we've learned, we do get nervous. But let's just do it. Let's just do it. And God, God's blessing will be upon you. I, I wrote to, uh, now I've done this before, but this week, because we've talked about it in the last session, I've, I wrote to two people an email and prayed with them. I, I, they got a, I got an e- email from them, and I prayed with them over the email. And both of them, always happens, both of them wrote back and said, Man, that made my day. That's the first time somebody's prayed for me through an email. So good. Anybody else, real quickly? Yes. God is a God of miracles. Amen. (laughs) Very good. Very good. That's last week. The promptings of the Spirit. Lord, help us more and more to use these promptings that come along to pray. Help us to pray, Lord. Uh, this week, the chapter was about praying with passion. And as I read through the, the, this chapter, I thought about us, and I thought, now this one's difficult for most of us. This seems to me. Praying with passion. I, I don't know if it's difficult because we don't want to look foolish. I don't know. Or per, perhaps if we're vocal in our prayers and animated. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe we don't want to be vulnerable. I don't know what it is. But I, I, I think I'm right in this, that most of us are uncomfortable with passionate prayer, at least in public. And maybe we are even uncomfortable with it in our prayer closets. I don't know, though, that there's something about praying with passion that gets God's attention. I, I don't know that I can describe it well, the... the, the um, uh, the author described it well in the chapter, but there's something about praying with passion. 
In this chapter, the author mentioned a book called um, The Power of Crying Out by Bill Gothard. You see, it's just a little tiny book. I've read this, and it's worth reading if you run across it. It's just a little tiny book. I'll let you borrow mine if you'd like. It's just different instances in the Scriptures, through the Scriptures, where somebody came to the end of themselves and cried out in prayer, and God brought the victory. So there's something to this. I don't understand it all, but I know there's something to it. Now, as a pastor, after so many years of praying, I mean, I pray every week before several hundred people. It's not that difficult for me to, to pray with some passion. But sometimes when I'm by myself, I get a little um, lazy, I guess. I don't know what the word is, but, but it's harder for me to pray with passion when I'm by myself, it seems like. But there's something to it, and I think we need to ask God to teach us through this chapter, maybe through the next several weeks and months, what does it mean, Lord, for me to pray with more passion? Uh, in, in, um, on page 81 first page of the chapter, it says this, crying out demonstrates an earnestness in our praying. Now, we don't have to pray like this every single time, but there are situations that come into our lives that require passionate prayer, don't you think? Especially these days, perhaps. That there's situations that come up in our daily lives, perhaps, that require some passionate praying. Anyone feel comfortable enough um, sharing a time when you you when something came into your life and you prayed passionately? Anyone? That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes, Jim. Yeah. Passionate praying. Anybody else? Yes, Ed.
Passionate praying. Something to it. Lord, teach us what that means. On page 82, there's a a comment. Our crying out stirs the heart of God. Our crying out stirs the heart of God. And when I read that, I thought of Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Um... And as you read through it, I, I don't think you can help but, but see the passion that David prays when he says this. Listen to this. Have mercy on me, O God. By the way, this is after he was caught in adultery with Bathsheba. The prophet Nathan confronts him. Here's David's response. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I don't know that I came close to expressing the cry of David's heart, a man after God's own heart who was caught in gross sin. And he cries out to God, have mercy on me. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant in me a willing spirit to sustain me. There were tears that flowed in that prayer as he passionately prayed to God. There's something, brothers, about this praying with passion. Lord, teach us what that means. The author identifies three types of passionate praying in our scripture, or in our, in our book this morning, our chapter. The first one is a definite prayer. We must pray more definitely in our prayers, more specifically in our prayers, um, to, to um, do away with around-the-barn type praying. And be more specific. He, he t- talks about the, uh, the man that was sitting by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. And Jesus challenged him. Jesus pushed him to say, what are you asking me? What do you want? Well, I want to be healed. Why didn't you say so in the first time? I want to be healed. It's very specific. In John, er, John chapter 5, <clears throat> Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Well, yes, I do. That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. Very definite, specific prayers. Sometimes when we pray, as Jim said, your will be done, that's exactly what we need to pray. Jesus prayed that eventually in the Garden of Gethsemane. But sometimes, interestingly enough, the author points out, and this was interesting to me, he points out that sometimes praying your will be done is a face-saving prayer, is a safe prayer is a non-specific prayer. Now, there are times when it's obviously appropriate to say passionately, your will be done. But But there are other times when it is appropriate to just pinpoint it and go out there on the limb, if you will, with the Lord and say, Lord, I pray that you would heal my brother Ed. I pray that you would heal him from his cancer. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Then what happens if he doesn't? 
Well, that's, that's up to God. That's not up to My prayer, the cry of my heart, my definite prayer is that. More and more, I think we as men need, need to have definite prayers. Lord, would you help my relationship with my wife? Lord, my grown children are away from the Lord. Would you bring somebody across their pathway and save their soul? Whatever it is, more specific and passionate. Um, that brings us to the second type of prayer. We've talked about it, I think alluded to it at least, a desperate prayer. James chapter 5, verse 16 in the King James says this, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. On page 87 in our chapter, it says, on page 87 at the bottom, He who prays without fervency does not pray at all. <clears throat> I think around here we've been praying more desperately, if you will. In, in the chapter, the, the pastor that wrote the book talks about their staff meeting different times in the week and praying. Uh, later on today, in our staff meeting, our, our staff will gather in the conference room with the secretaries and everybody, and we will go over those prayer requests from the welcome cards. And, and I, think, I think I'm right in this. Rex, correct me if I'm wrong later. <clears throat> um, but um, our prayers as a staff for you are getting more desperate because they're overwhelming. I mean, here's this little group of people sitting in a room with a bunch of prayer requests, and those aren't all of them. We always add to them. All of us knows something else that we need to add to the list. And and from time to time on certain Tuesdays, you get you just get this feeling, this overwhelmed feeling someone else lost their job. Someone else has cancer. It's just and we just stop and we cry out to God. And there are tears shed in that room. We are praying with more desperation every Tuesday, pretty much. It happens that way. Uh, there's a line, the first line on page 91. No, that's, I'm sorry, I'm ahead of myself here. Um, page 89, go back to page 89. There's a chapter, or a paragraph I wanted to read to you. Page 89, it's the paragraph in the middle of the page. This is good stuff. What about you? Is there any heat in your prayers? Talking about desperate praying. Allow me to repeat a series of questions that I barraged you with in chapter 1 when I warned you about praying with no passion. When was the last time you cried out to God for the wisdom you desperately needed to make a critical decision? When was the last time you pleaded with Him to deliver you from a sin which has plagued you far too long? Now, there's a definite prayer, brothers. That's definite. Lord, would you set me free from this? That's a definite prayer. When was the last time you prayed that desperate prayer? When was the last time you interceded with a broken heart for those who are victimized by the tragedies of famine, AIDS, terrorism, or natural disaster? When was the last time you prayed for a spiritually lost friend as if you believed his eternal destiny was, in, was at stake? That statement got me. 
prayed for someone, a neighbor, whoever, whoever, a family member, someone in the church family, who needs God, and prayed for that person as if their eternal destiny was at stake. And, and, and in fact, it is. That's a desperate prayer. Page 90, the bottom of the page. Um, it talks about Elijah and how Elijah was, was a prophet of Israel during the time of um, Ahab and Jezebel, a very wicked time in the history of Israel. The last paragraph says, I'll let James give you the Reader's Digest version of what happened next. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Just note two things from this summary. First, there was nothing special about Elijah. He was just a man. Or he was a man just like us. So how did he get such an incredible answer to his prayer? That's the second thing I want you to note. He prayed earnestly. A desperate prayer. Top of page 91. Desperate prayers invite God to show up. As you pray, do your posture, posture and tone of voice and intense focus all say, I really mean this. You aren't praying until they do. Something to pray about, something to consider. Lord, would you help me? Teach me what it means to pray in a definite, desperate way. And then there's the last um, passionate praying that, that he mentions in the chapter. It's called dependent praying. The middle of the first paragraph on 91 says, The need to cry out is a humbling reminder of our total inability to accomplish anything significant for God. Then Jesus says in John chapter 15, Apart from me, you can do nothing. There's not a lot of wiggle room in that statement. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That statement is one of those statements in the Bible that ought to move us to passionate praying. It ought to move us to have prayer the first response rather than the last resort. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's say that together. Apart from me, you can do nothing. One more time. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We are totally dependent on God. Help us to start praying like it. Total dependence on God. The third paragraph on page 91, in the middle of the paragraph, those wonder, wonderful great words of Jesus when, they say, when he says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. We demonstrate our total dependence upon Jesus by bringing him our heartfelt needs and desires in prayer. First paragraph on page 93. Ed, why don't you read that for me? Can you read that one? Just stand up and read it out loud. 91, the first paragraph, or 93, I'm sorry. This one right here.
He's honored by them. That's one way to put it. It, it is just that it's, it's the way it's supposed to be. That we, as men, humbly bow before the Father and passionately pray to Him and expect Him to respond. Middle of page 93, it says, When we pray without passion, it's almost as if we're saying, I could probably do this without you. But if you want to take a swing at it, go ahead. I thought that phrase was appropriate, realizing that baseball season's about ready to start. But just take a swing at it, God. Go ahead. If you want to just try, help yourself. Uh, the last, well, let's see here. The last paragraph on page 94. Sometimes God is such a show-off. I don't know, that seems a little blasphemous to me, but that's anyway. <laughs> but he only does that for people who declare their dependence on him by praying with passion. So put some energy into your prayers. Go find a place where you can kneel or prostrate yourself or march about. Raise the volume of your voice until it reaches a call or cry level. Tell God that if he doesn't intervene, you have no plan B. I like that. If you don't intervene, God, in this specific pinpoint prayer, I don't have anywhere to go. No plan B. Then watch what happens. Lord, teach us to pray. We see in the, in the Scripture, Lord, numerous times when people fell on their faces actually on the ground, praying humbly before you. We see in the scripture where people raise their hands and their eyes to you, raise their arms in prayer, and they cry out to you. So, Lord, teach us what that's all about. We just want to learn to pray, Lord. We want you to show us, as men of God, what it means to pray in a passionate way. So, Lord, lead us. Teach us to pray. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> you know, I think, guys, for, the, for people like us to get this and to embrace it to the glory of God and the benefit of our community and family and church, we are going to have to allow God to change our thinking a little bit as men. I think that's true for many of us. We're going to have to ask God to renew our minds, to give us the mind of Christ, Christ himself prayed passionately. He prayed so passionately that what happened? Drops of blood. That's how passionately the Son of God prayed. Perhaps people like us would need to pray passionately too. Maybe not that passionately, but maybe so. On page 94, there's a couple of questions that I want to just ask real quickly. Um, the first question is, what do you think keeps us from praying with greater intensity? Anything? Anybody want to venture a guess? What keeps people like us guys from pay, praying with more intensity? Yes? 
Don't want to look like a hypocrite. Okay. Yes. Prideful, don't want to show weakness. Okay. Anybody else? Why, why don't we pray with more intensity? Well, some people don't think God's big enough. Okay. Embarrassment, maybe? I don't know. Yes? We, we feel like we can do it our own self. Okay. Men, we're more, lead more toward that. Right. Right. I think, I think it's a thing. culture thing. Culture thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's good. It's just a cultural thing. You know, what I've been, I was at, I was in uh, the old city of Jerusalem on Friday evening. You know what Friday evening is? That's when the Muslim guys come to pray. And I've heard them pray. And, you know, they get down and they, they just cry out, they pray. Now, that's their... But, see, that's their culture. You make me think of that, the, the cultural thing. Also, certain African-American churches, boy, they, they, they bring it down, don't they? So, it's a, I mean, that's true. That's true. All right, next question. If, if all of those things are true, and they are, what, or how can we avoid those obstacles? How can we get past some of those obstacles? What do you think? <clears throat> Surrender. Surrender. Prayer. prayer. Practice prayer. That's good. Just do it. <laughs> Stole that from Nike. Yes. Willing to step outside the box. Amen. Lord, teach us to pray. Leave, leave your pride at the door. Teach us to pray. Number three, just want to read that. Just answer this, these questions in your mind. Just answer them in your mind this morning. What is one of the most desperate situations in your life or in the life of someone you know? Have you prayed for this situation with a passion equal to its level of desperation? If not, why not? Any other comments or questions or Insights before we go to prayer. Yes, Pat. Anybody else?
How's that happen? Word of God. God wants to God wants to move us to where we he wants us to be more than we want to get there. Help us Lord to submit to you. I don't know about you but submitting is not the top of my list, but it needs to be maybe. That's right. Now let's move into our groups. Um, three or four, don't forget when you get into your groups, I like Keith's idea tell, tell everybody your name. It would be really good guys. If um, maybe some weeks you don't go with the same guys, I want you to get to know each other. Three or four guys just get in a group. And um, I'd like you to say your name and then each person, if you will, give a praise. I praise God or thank God for what? Everybody. And then somebody thank God. Just a sentence prayer. Thank God for that praise. And then share a burden or concern. Ask your brothers to... Uh, lift you up and pray for a burden or concern if you have one on your mind right now. And then, and then pray. Pray and ask God to help. Go around the circle and pray. Brothers, if you can't pray out loud, just pray silently. Touch the person next to you and they'll pray next. But we all need to do this because we're trying to learn how to be passionate and how to lift our voices to the Lord. Short prayer. You can do it. I've got confidence in you. Three or four guys get together in a group. Let's pray together.
Beautiful sounds of men lifting their voices to the Father. Lord, teach us to pray. You know, in my in my little group, all three of us prayed that the Lord would just outpour out His Spirit upon us, that there would be an outpouring of the Spirit in this congregation of Pentecostal proportions. Did that make anybody nervous? You know what, brothers? It could start right here with us. Join me or just listen. Come, Holy Spirit, I need Thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in Thy strength and Thy power. Father, we invite You to pour out Your Spirit in our souls. We invite You, Lord, to shake us from the foundation of our lives. We invite You, Lord, to create in us a clean heart. We invite You, Lord, to change our hearts, O God. Make us ever new. Change our hearts, O God. Help us to be like You. I pray that for every one of my brothers here today as we go out into our morning and take you with us. Help us, Lord, to recognize and realize and feel that you are with us always. Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. In Jesus' name. If I could just find 100 men, if somewhere, some way, I could find 100 men that would love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, that would, what's the next one? That would fear nothing but God, and that would, pardon me? And that would hate nothing but sin. God would change our families, yours and mine. Change our church, our community, and who knows, maybe even the world. Right before we leave, I just want to mention a couple answers to prayer. Uh, Mike, where are you? How long did we pray for a job for you? Almost a year. Almost a year. And you start when? Uh, about two weeks. Somebody say amen. 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 All right. And I want to tell you, Mike is in my little prayer group, and I've seen him grow through this. Have you, Dad? I've seen him grow through this. He could have become bitter. could have given up one year. Thank the Lord. Steve, stand up. Look at this guy. We, he was praying for a job, and he's got a uniform now. Bless your heart, Steve. All right. <laughs> Listen, if he stops you, I want you to have the right attitude, okay? All right? Be good to the guy. All right. He's just doing his job. All right, anybody else have an answer to prayer? That Just quickly, we're almost done. Quickly, answer to prayer that God has given you. Bring them with you. We want to hear about them.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn His face upon you, toward you, and give you peace. And all God's men said, As you go out those doors, don't forget who you belong to. In Jesus' name, amen.